0: Welcome to podcast number five. We're already at number five of the Drop Everything podcast. This will be my conversation with Ivan Passell, the buff, beautiful, multi-talented Ivan Passell. I think you'll really enjoy this talk. He's a, quite a tour or a racquetball player. I think that's the same thing. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. I hope you get a lot of good tips, a lot of good uh, advice on how you can take your career to the levels that Ivan Passell has achieved. Before we get there, though, let's thank our sponsors, starting off with the International Juggling Association. You can find them at juggle.org. And you can find this podcast there as well, of course, as part of the eJuggle eMagazine feature. And I think there's a centerfold this month on eJuggle of Ivan Passell, coincidentally. So go to juggle.org and join the IJA. Take your juggling to new heights today. Also, the sponsor Braindrizzles.com. Braindrizzles.com is my personal comedy coaching and career mentorship website. So if you're just starting out in this business, or you've been in it for a while and feel stagnant, you want some help, you want some advice, you want to take your comedy career to new levels, check out Braindrizzles.com. Pour yourself a cold, frothy beverage. If you're kids, make that root beer. If you're adults, maybe something without sugar, because sugar's bad for you. Uh, Enjoy yourself, drop everything, open up those ears and listen to my conversation with Ivan Passell. And now, welcome to the Drop Everything podcast, state-of-the-art Ivan Passell. That's my Hi. nickname for you, state-of-the-art.
1: <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm going to get that tattooed on my back.
0: Well, I call, I call uh, Michael Davis the godfather of comedy juggling, and I call you uh, state-of-the-art because I think that uh, for, for jugglers having careers now, you're doing as good as you can do. I think you're doing it just right. But- Thank you. I, 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 work, uh, I work really hard at it. Let's talk about your, your slogan, Making Juggling Tolerable. How'd that, <laughs> co- how'd that come about and why did it come about? Let, let, let's talk about this. So my whole
1: life, uh, literally my whole life, I've always dealt with the whole, as I'm sure you have, and, and I assume if you're listening to this, uh, you're a juggler. Uh, that's one of the, the things. You, unfortunately, juggling has this, uh, this stigma around it, kind of like, oh, you're a juggler, so... Ugh. Stuff didn't really work out, huh? Or like <laughs> people don't, you know, they don't, they don't want to come see your show, or they just don't understand what you do. And so I, I feel the the making juggling tolerable. Um, basically, I'm I'm kind of just making fun of that that whole uh, concept that that people are having. And, and if they get my slogan, I feel like they're gonna get my show.
0: You know what I mean? Sure, so, sure. People so kind of lump us all together. If they've seen a juggler. they have like, I've seen juggling. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: R- and, and and even like you know, I mean, uh, Jason with the WJF, uh, more or less, you know, he tried to tried to really break the mold, and he did a, as good a job as anybody, I think, d- doing it. I mean, I really commend him for that. But even still, people watch it on ESPN. They're like, "That's a sport," or like, "What the hell is this?" I mean, they're you know, they're they're uh, comparing it to competitive bingo and and lumberjack competitions. There's it, it seems kind of just ridiculous, you know. So the whole. Uh, it's hard for people to believe that juggling is actually a job. And even when I like, you know, when I work on cruise ships or theaters or, or anything, like they always just go like, "Oh, a juggler." They think they're just going to go and see somebody standing there throwing and catching stuff. You know what I mean? So I just I'm kind of making fun of the fact that like, look, you're still going to hate it, but you're going to hate it a little less when I'm done. That's well, not, like with, that's the, kind of it with the
0: WGF, I always think that in my mind, Jason tried to create like an Olympic sport, and he ended up creating a roller derby.
1: Uh, no, it, yes, it, no, it's, it's it's perfect. I mean, he he did he did more than uh, you know anybody else did. I'll, oh I'll no no, that. you got I to admire what he's
0: done. He's certainly yeah, a yeah. trailblazer, and he kind of think ran into that thing where how do you make juggling popular? And he tried to start by just having juggling like okay, don't move, don't right, move your feet. Right, right. People really will like just the pure technical brutishness of just great juggling. I think he realized no. They 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 need more. They need balls thrown at your head and and knocking the clubs out of people's hands.
1: And actually, I give not to you know say anything bad about Jason. But I've known him forever. I I actually like again commend him for uh, kind of changing because before he was like you know your first couple WGFs, he wouldn't even let like a devil stick in or he wouldn't right. let people do Diablo. And so now I mean really now it's 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 a three ring circus. You know oh, I think he
0: combined are... it with uh, mad skills or, or some. Yeah,
1: he, I I saw the thing he's doing he's doing. Uh...
0: Yeah, it's got flair bartending and uh, yeah, yeah. I think competitive branding. No, that's uh, rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> that's <not funny.
1: laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm willing to watch though.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's good. I that was always my thing for the IGA. I always thought they should open up the uh, umbrella and make it sort of like the gravity arts and have yeah, yeah, bartending yeah. and frisbee and baton twirling and yeah, yeah you know, I still sure. love the IGA competitions, but when you limit it to just juggling like you say it's just too narrow it's just too there's not enough what well, is distance. i
1: mean the, the, the i mean the, the community's not that big i mean let's face it you know i mean comparatively to, to other other no. sports or other hobbies i mean it's kind of a, a
0: narrow community i think it hit its peak maybe in the late 80s or something because i came up through what they call new vaudeville and i think you're a little bit after that yeah so how does one become an ivan Passell? 'Cause because it seemed like you're a guy who had choices where maybe some of us misfit toys uh Juggle, how does, like our, how does, only, how does like our only how, route?
1: How, how, how does one become? Uh, well, what I do, I take uh, three five-hour power naps a day. Okay, uh, that's that's one of the main things. You know, a good fifteen hours of sleep a day, and then a good eight hours at night.
0: Well, what did your uh, what did your what's your background? What did your parents do, and how did they take uh, well, um, this juggling career? So,
1: Okay. Um, I mean, I, I started when I was 10. Uh, of course, there was no, I, I'm 33. So I'm, I was 10 and 91. Uh, there's no no internet. Um, to be honest, I hadn't really seen another juggler anywhere. I, I saw a guy at a street fair doing it. And uh, I honestly thought it was like the lamest thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I wish I knew who it was. Uh, he was street performing. He'd obviously done it before he was wearing a vest and a derby hat and he had props. And I just remember watching him thinking this is like the most campy this is ridiculous. Like, I, I really hate this. And I went home and I was like, I guarantee I could try that. Or I guarantee I could do that. And I went home and, and tried it, could do it, you know, and just uh, kind of ended up taking it way too far. And now I'm on
0: I'm on this podcast, you know. So could that juggler have been Dan Raspini?
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, the name, name sounds really familiar. I've never heard of that. I've never I have never heard the vest
0: because I have the vest and the
1: <laughs> hat. I've I've never heard that name though, so I don't think so. Now, what, what did your what did your dad do? He he wasn't
0: in show business, was he? In any way? No,
1: no, no, no. So my uh, my dad owned uh, a construction company. Him and my uh, uncle owned a construction company, and they, they did uh, they did pretty well with that. My uh, mom stayed at stayed at home with my brother and I, and then uh, my grandparents were actually professional ice skaters uh, back, you know, back, back in the fifties, sixties. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather got out of the war because Sonia Henny, who was like an Olympic sure. skater and then a movie, movie star. star. Yeah. yeah. She, she requested my grandfather to be her partner. And so he got out of the war because of, because of her. Um, and then, you know, growing up doing ice capades and Icelandic and stuff, they skated with uh, Albert Lucas and they knew Albert Lucas when he was 10 years old. And, and, uh, so it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a show business background in that aspect, but by the time I came along, they were already well-retired and, and, and everything. It, it, this, uh, I was really lucky because I, you know, I'd never seen a comedy juggler. I didn't even know this was a thing. Like, I didn't even know this is what, like uh, a career option. Right. You know what I mean? And so when I was uh, born and raised out, out in Los Angeles, and I, I found out about the, uh, the juggling club out here, uh, actually through Dave Finnegan's book. Um, which I found at a bookstore, um, the Complete Juggler. And it had a list of all the uh, you know, um, clubs talking in the about back. The Thursday Night at Valley College? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Thursday Night at Valley College. That thing has been around for like 30 years or whatever. Uh, Mike Washlake started that. and Yeah, he's,
0: st- he's, still, he's still there. I went there. That was the first club I ever went to. And the entire extent of my props, my first juggling club, three green oranges. I was 17 years old, and I went to Valley College. I'm sure, they weren't limes. No, because the green oranges lasted longer. Gotcha. Them, if they were too ripe, they'd break too quickly.
1: Right. I didn't know about the
0: crossballs or, or, you know, <laughs> baseballs. Uh, yeah. Three. So that was my actually first thing. Was 17 years old. Uh, my mom had found out about it, and uh, so I owe a lot to them, the whole Thursday night <laughs> thing as well.
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, when I started, it was, kind of like, I started going, I guess, when I was in high school, uh, 16, 17 years old. This is, like, mid to late 90s. And at the time, that was, like, that was the club. I mean, you had Nizer, you had Passing Zone there all the time. Calvin, I, I remember seeing you guys there sometimes. Um, you had guys from Orange County coming up. Dan Bennett was there. Jason Garfield was there. Bryson Lang. I mean, just everybody seemed like there was a lot of... Pro- Edward Jackman was there a lot. I mean, it just seemed like there was a lot of pro jugglers that were at this club and so I, I i was lucky because i got to meet all these people and after talking them really kind of realized like, oh this is this is a thing you know and for whatever reason Nizer kind of took me under his wing uh you know and uh went to go went to a bunch of shows with him and and he was good enough to talk to me about show business same with like like john Wee and stuff um and uh yeah, I just, I, I kind of grew up around them and and I knew that this was kind of what I wanted to do and they very early on were, were like, you, you better learn to be funny or you better, you know, get an act together because no one, no one cares about juggling.
0: So you how did I mean? you know this is what you wanted to do? So you learned to juggle as sort of a lark, just to show that you could do it. That yeah, It's yeah. so easy yeah, kind or of so, you thought you could do it.
1: Well, you know, I, I've always liked speaking in front of people. Uh, I always liked comedy. Um I, 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 guess, I guess when I was younger, I, I didn't really know. Like, I wasn't like, oh, this is, this is what I'm going to do. But in high school and, and as I got a little bit older, when I, when I, was actually, when I met these people and saw – I got to see Mark's show. I saw Passing Zone show and saw that this was like an actual thing. I was like, this is, that, that's what I want to do. Like, that's, right. what, that's, that's what I'm going to work for. And so my parents were always super supportive, and they were just like, hey, as long as, you, as long as you go to college – you know, get your degree, then you can go do your your monkey show and, and see what happens, you know? So I basically picked the degree that had the least amount of math in it and uh, ended up getting my degree in film production and uh, basically started um, doing a lot of stuff in college. I, I found a, a bunch of, uh, I've always worked with agents and man and uh, not, not a manager, but I've always worked with agents and, and um, promoters and just as uh, many different people as I could. And a lot of people say, oh, I try to do everything my own, but I don't know if people get me work, I have no problem giving them a commission or or doing that. That's just how I feel. And that's been my approach for almost my my whole career. And, um, I was able in college, I was living in my fraternity, which was like $90 a month to live there. And uh, I was making a a lot of money doing events around LA. I got this, uh, event planner called interactive games and creations. Um, and they're not there anymore. So don't even bother Googling it. You bunch of hacks! Shoot, (laughs) You're Googling right now. Yeah. Yeah. um, and uh, no, I mean, I, they had me, I performed at the Oscars. I performed at the NBA All-Star Game. I did this thing where I opened for the Rolling Stones on a Halloween night. All this stuff around LA, all this great, and it paid really well. And like I said, my 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 rent or whatever was $90 a month in my fraternity house. And so I was able to save up enough money during college. And when I graduated, I, I bought my first house in Vegas. Um, and I, I moved out to Vegas, and then I, I was on a cruise ship, um, which is like... That that was the main thing I wanted to do right out of right out of school. I wanted to I wanted to do ships. I, I my parents were big cruisers as far as a vacation goes. I'd been on a bunch of cruises. I was like this is this is cool. Like I want to perform on a, on a ship. And I got with an agent before I graduated college. And basically the day I was out, I started doing ships. And uh, you know I've never never really had a slow moment in my
0: career really. So, so going back a little bit, when you say you saw like Mark Neiser in the passing zone. What were some of the the words of wisdom that maybe you could pass along that you got from them to the jugglers who might be starting their careers now? And do you think they still apply? I mean, have things changed a lot since you started?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, I, I remember passing down and and uh, Mark. There was like always carry a pager. Make sure to have a fax number. And that's not really applicable. <laughs> no. no, right?
0: Exactly. Definitely,
1: definitely not. No, uh, no. The, the, the stuff the stuff that they that they told me um, it definitely is still applicable today. I, I think in, in in the U.S. especially. You know, if you're going to Europe and that's your thing, you want to be in Cirque du Soleil, it is a different game. But I, I truly feel that if you want to make a a good living, not even a decent, like a good living, you, you you have to have something else to your show. You you have to be funny. And I, I really do believe that. Um, and and I, I don't think that's just me saying, oh, this is what I – like, I really think you, you have to be. Well, look how long
0: you it, have to do. I mean, if you're on a cruise ship, I mean – I'm, I'm working so it's what fifty five, sixty minutes.
1: Yeah, it's like like I'm working Disney like a like a a week every two months. I'm on a Disney cruise. I do six Disney cruises a year, and on average, I'm doing an hour and a half of different material right on, on the ship. And if I was if I was just a juggler, I mean I, that job wouldn't be available to me. You know what I mean? And most sure. of most corporate shows. I mean, I think I think in my entire career, I've maybe done, and I'm I'm talking now like a, a real twelve year career. I have done maybe three or four well-paying gigs that didn't want me to talk.
0: I in, think like in, maybe in basketball halftimes or, or one of those sure, like, eight sure, minutes exact, run out. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean like uh, Josh Horton is, is kicking ass at doing halftime shows right. and he's one of the only jugglers I know that that's doing it and uh, he's doing really well. I mean, he's not making $10,000 a show or anything by any means, but he's, he's working a lot, you know? And, and uh, so they, they, anyway, they said that be funny uh, the business side of it is, is also the, the main thing is, is, uh, Mark Neiser always told me there, there's a, it's called show business. There's two words and one of the words is bigger than the other one. So it, you can have a great act. You can have, you can be the best juggler in the world. Um, no one's going to be knocking down your door for stuff. Um, you, you need to promote yourself. You need to have a business sense. You need to have a website. You need to have photos. You need to have, vi- and not only do you need to have this stuff, but you need to have it be done well.
0: You also put on a lot of social media. How how important has that been to your career, the the facebook and the youtube and
1: nowadays a lot i mean because everything is on youtube now everything every um basically when i i do contact new agents or something and and they're like send me a dvd i'm like well here's my link they're like oh no we want a dvd i literally just go okay well thanks but
0: (laughs) right who still wants that's a pretty old school yeah Yeah. yeah, see you later send me a dvd young man you're gonna gonna be a star kid (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we had guys like that back in the day eddie diamond (laughs) my name is eddie Course he, had a, he had a he an office in the back of a thrift store. Of course he did. He
1: he, always, his, big always thing was,
0: yeah. his big thing was, you gotta have an American flag. What do you mean? Because <laughs> I had this act of unicyclists and one sitting on the other one's shoulders and at the end, American flags come out of the spokes. Where's your American flag? So which oh, was gosh. pretty I use a lot of American flags, so it wasn't a bad advice. But <laughs> right, I go, exactly. if you're such a why are you in the back of a thrift store? Yeah, Don't right, judge me by it. my location, kid. No,
1: exactly. Who is the? was the? I, you guys worked with him. Everybody worked with him. He was, he was the oldest man in the world, and he he li- lived in Vegas. He was the oldest agent in Vegas.
0: Gil Miller. He was like the yeah, oldest. Yeah, it
1: was. It was. Yeah, yeah Gil, it was Gil Miller. And so when I moved to Vegas, he saw me in a casino or something, and asked me to come in. And his wife made me a sandwich. And it was great. And I'm in his office, and it was literally like if you were to draw a cartoon of the craziest like office you've ever seen. It was this guy's office. It was from floor to ceiling stacks of every VH tape, VHS tape you, you've ever seen, like promo videos. I, I mean, I remember seeing Dana Tyson. I remember seeing your guys' promo. And I mean, you name it, their their promo tape was at this thing. And so the guy sat down. He said, I really like your act. It's it's new. He's like, but uh, you, you got to wear long sleeves. I'm like, what? And he says, yeah. Yeah, everyone wears long. You have to wear long sleeves. I'm like, I, I don't. I don't, I don't think I have to wear long sleeves. Like I, like what I'm wearing is, like, a, I have it done by a costume designer. It's like, I mean, fitted pants and a very well-fitted collar shirt. But, you know, it's, it's not long sleeve. Like I, you don't. He goes, no, nah, I can't book you if you're not wearing long sleeves. It was like, that That doesn't even make sense.
0: We were really in not- our uh, first costumes. We were with Simone Finner, uh, who was used to book Dick Franco and Barrett Felker. Yeah. And she had us dressed in the one-piece jumpsuits.
1: Oh right. Well that those the, I I still I still think those are coming back.
0: The the, the Nino Fradiani, like you look like you're yeah. ready to ice skate or something.
1: Yeah. Nizer still has his.
0: Um Yeah, the one piece jumpsuit. I think, yeah,
1: I think I wore it for a, an IJ one time.
0: I remember Mike Gill Miller's story is that uh he came and saw me at like at Elks Club or uh, when I was doing solo and he said, uh, Oh you're good, kid. They all my old men sound the same, but uh <laughs> he said uh, yeah he goes, uh he goes, uh, but I only handle one juggler at a time. I just booked Nino Fradiani to a seven-year contract. I'm like, <laughs> does that mean for seven years you don't have a juggler? I only book yeah. one at a time. I'm like, but you're just saying for seven years he's tied up. So. Yeah. Or maybe he was That's- the guy also, there's another guy who said to us, uh, we, we did a fair showcase and we said we wanted 1500 a week, uh, 1500 a day. Yeah. And he said, for that, I can get the water ski and squirrel. <laughs> okay. but,
1: and, well, I mean, that is, you know, what are you going to do?
0: Well, yeah, I, I'd put the water skiing squirrel too. Have you ever seen the water skiing squirrels?
1: I have. He's, he's amazing.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's exactly. kind of a
1: dick. He's kind of a dick, though. Hard but to work
0: with. He is hard. Yeah, he is a little bit yeah, of but, Madonna. So. But uh, good act. So, okay, so <laughs> how, do, how do you think someone gets good at comedy? You're saying how, like, I was talking to Dan Menendez, and he said that he thought it was 80% comedy, 20% juggling. So I think because you're, you're quite a you're, I think you're one of the few guys I would say uh, for me for my taste is funny so. well
1: thank you I mean it does mean a lot coming from you um, it's just it's just like anything else I mean it, getting good at comedy is it, it's a muscle it's just it's the same as practicing juggling uh, of course the the practice is is completely different um, to be honest I think it's way harder than juggling I, I really do um, to get good at it uh, reason being is because I can stand there by myself in a racquetball court and practice seven balls for three years and then go out on stage and, ju- and just do it. And, and, okay, I did it. You, you can't practice being funny unless you do it in front of people. And starting out doing comedy, it's, it's amazing to me that anybody would say, yeah, I'm going to go do that again after their first time. It's, it's the most miserable, heart-pounding torture you could ever endure. People are basically hating you. Not You're trying to be funny. You're trying to entertain them. And they're basically not liking you. And it, it's it's hard to come back from that. But you, you kind of have to, you know, because you do it a few times. And then once something does click, there's there's nothing better than that feeling. I, I get no better satisfaction than when I work really hard on a joke and I try it and, and it kills. Like, honestly, I, I've talked to a lot of people about it because I, I do do a lot of stand-up. If I, I I say this kind of in jest, but I mean, if I could, like, I would just be a stand-up. Like, I, I get so much satisfaction out of that. But I do have this skill that I put, you know, 23 years of my life into, so there's no reason to, to not do it.
0: You know what I mean? Well, do you um, think that at a certain point down the road, you might transition into straight stand-up and then...
1: Uh, I don't... I don't here, here's the reason I don't think... I, yeah, I, I don't think so. And, and the main reason is because I have put so much of my life into this, and I've developed my show over the past 20 years to, to be where it is right now in order to do just a standup show show and be as funny as a really good standup comic. I feel like I would have had to put that much time into that as I have into this. And I just don't have that much time, you know? So, I mean, I, I, I practice still, um, not nearly as much as I used to. I mean, d- the WGF days I was doing eight hours a day, six days a week. Um, now I, I, do so many shows that I basically practice the stuff that's in my show every once in a while I'll, I'll, you know, uh, just try some stuff for fun, but it, it's definitely not like it used to be. It's, it's mainly working on the show. It's mainly writing comedy. I'm, uh, here's another piece of advice that, that, uh, passing zone actually gave me both John and Owen. And they said at the time, you know, I'm 16, 17 years old. They're like, you already are better than most professional jugglers. Like to be a pro juggler and make, you don't need to be any better at juggling. You need to, you need to be funny. And that—that's the thing. It, it doesn't—it doesn't really matter how good you are. I think it helps. I—I I do really like. I mean, I, I and I do consider myself a good juggler, um, and I do like having the ability to be funny and then do a kick-ass three and a half minute music routine. You know that people actually go, "Oh, wow!" Like that is that is. And I do have some some hard stuff in there. You know. Um,
0: well, you competed in the IGA, I remember the.
1: Yeah, I mean, I did. I did a handful. of IJ, I, yes, yeah, silver and bronze and IJA, and you know, won a bunch of their other prop competitions, stuff like that, and and did WJF stuff. So, I mean, I definitely put my time in for that. But it's just, I, I also, I, I got burned out. You know, well, I, I, I think you
0: probably like a lot of us realize, like you said, you're already a good enough juggler. The audience isn't going, oh, I would have liked him better if he was a better juggler.
1: Exactly, and no one is going. You know what? If you could just do one more club, get you an extra thousand dollars a show. Right never going to happen.
0: Where do you see, uh, your career going? I mean, where do you see right now? I think you're like at at the top of the, of the heap as far as if I look at your schedule, it's awesome. It's, it's corporates, it's colleges, it's cruise ships. It's, you know? Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. I've always, thank you. I've always really tried to stay diverse in everything I do. Um, I'll, I'll do, I I still do comedy clubs a lot, you know? And like, I, I, uh, one of my favorite gigs of the year is I headline uh, Catch Rising Star Comedy Club for a week. And I, I don't want to say the number, but it, it, it's basically the worst paying gig I have, <laughs> like all year. But I, I love it. And I try new stuff, and it's great. And the reason I do that is to keep my foot in the door. You never know what's going to happen. Um, when I first started, uh, right out of college, I was probably doing... 30, 35 weeks a year on cruise ships, my, my ex-wife was, was traveling with me all the time, and I could bring her for free, so we were, you know, 23 years old, getting paid basically to see the world, so for a couple of years, I had all my eggs in that basket, and then I was just kind of thinking, looking at the market, looking at everything, I'm like, this isn't going to be like this forever, also, do I want to travel like this forever, do I want to be gone over Christmases all the time, eventually, we want to have a family and kids, like, what are we, we going to do, am I going to raise them on cruise ships, or am I going to be gone 30 weeks a year from my family? So I started really branching out and pushing other stuff. I started uh, trying to do colleges. I tried starting to do uh, more corporate shows, um, basically anything. And, and uh, so over the years, I've weeded down the ships to right now I'm doing, I think I'm doing 11, 11 weeks this year, which ends up being about, about a week a month on the ships. Now the cool thing about the ships is that they, they book you a year in advance. And so for an entertainer having a, an entire year booked is a pretty good, pretty good feeling, and so what I can do is I can book my week, a month, whatever I want, and then I work around that with corporates and colleges and 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 all that stuff. And also, uh, every venue is different, so my show that I do on cruise ships is a little different than a show I would do for corporates, which is uh, very different than a show I would do for colleges, which is very different than a show I would do for comedy clubs. So it's, it's, I mean, the same, same type of tricks, same, basically the same routines, but maybe your, your attitude is different or your, your humor is a little different. You definitely throw in different jokes and, and, and things like that. But another piece of big advice that I have for anybody is always stay diverse. Like you never put all your eggs in one basket. Cause you, you can, you never know what's going to happen.
0: You know, Well, like for us, we started out, I would say 80, 90% of our, our work was opening acts. Mm-hmm. Like we opened for the celebrities yeah. in Vegas and on tour.
1: That's amazing. That's not even a gig anymore. No,
0: no. The, our last uh, offer was many years ago and it was like a, I think a tenth of what we got on our very first offer. Yeah, yeah. But who knew? Who knew that that uh, market would totally vanish? Yeah, it does. I mean Vegas Vegas was like that too. Yeah, Um
1: all the Vegas shows, like uh, I lived in—I still have my house in Vegas, but I lived there for nine years. Did uh, a lot of the shows out there, and I remember uh, I was in the show called Jubilee, which was which was at the like a time one like the, my mm-hmm. highlights of my career. Like anybody who was anybody was in that show. Lance Burton did the show. Anthony Gatto was in the show when he was you know thirteen years old. And uh, so and Anthony, but here's here's the here's the way Vegas goes basically now. So when Anthony was thirteen years old. He was making two thousand dollars more a week than I was whenever I did it, seven, eight years ago. So, nice. but, yeah, and so he, he was offered the gig back as well, and, and for, like, way less than he was making when he was 13 years old. And that, that's, how, that's how Vegas is. And that's one of the main reasons, actually, Anthony joined Cirque, is because his work was basically, like, dried up, and he's the best juggler in the world.
0: Well, there used to be, we used to go to Vegas when I was a kid. I'd go uh, with some friends, like, when I was 17, 18, 19 years old. We could see five or six jugglers up and down the Strip. Oh yeah, you'd see Albert Lucas, you'd see Nino Fradiani, Chris yeah. Cremo at the star right. list. Yep. one of my treats to go see him. And now I was just talking to a friend about working circus circus, and he goes, "Oh, I hear it's a dump, and they don't pay anything now." Oh so. no no
1: no! It's and you get you get a lot of uh, a lot of foreign acts
0: that are uh, basically coming here to, just to be in America. Yeah, you get like you know? four or five guys for the price of one. They all live together in a room. and
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, th- there's a couple guys that, that have, you know, obviously Michael Godot cleaned up being in, in Lance Burton's show. Yeah. Um, That was kind of a, I don't want to call him a fluke gig, but he had the easiest gig in show business for a long time. And That no, it was, it was like a
0: 13-year run or something, wasn't it? Oh, it was, or, like, oh, it was like 20. I
1: mean, he, did it for,
0: <laughs> he, he really did. He did it forever. He worked with Lance Burton. He was the opening act, and he also helped Lance... Uh, Put some of the material together, I believe, for that. Yeah, show. no,
1: he a great guy, like a yeah. great guy, and he's a funny act, and I mean, he writes with Penn and Teller, great guy. But yeah, so like, he was a guy who made a great living in Vegas, um, but like, it was a unique situation. He wasn't, he wasn't just like in in a show, you know what I mean? He was like part of the cast of that. Um, Wally Eastwood is is still out there doing really well. Michael Hawley mm-hmm. has been out there for a long time, but he, uh, even Michael Hawley is doing ships a lot now. You know, um, oh, didn't
0: uh, Jeff Civilico have his own show, like an afternoon show?
1: He still does. He still yeah. does. Oh yeah, he still does. But uh, so, uh, if you guys haven't, if you guys don't know Jeff Civilico, he won uh, he won the junior championship in uh, Prim, Nevada, in 1998. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's one of the guys. Like he's a really, really, really good friend of mine. And we always joke cause we're about the same age. He, he's like two years younger than me or three years younger than me. But we're always like, we're, we're the guys that keep each other motivated. Cause it's like, in a way we're competition for each other, but we're really good friends. And it's cool because like, he's one of the guys where if I can't do something, I'll recommend him and, and, and vice versa. But he, he works harder than I can all honestly say he works harder than anybody in show business. And he deserves every single thing that, that he has, um, how far is, do you
0: think a juggler can go? Do you feel that there that he he or you have that potential to sort of get get away from the stigma of being the the juggler and being the one? Uh, yeah, like I I really do. Um see now with with
1: so many different media outlets, I think it's going to transform into something else. For instance, um, Okay, a magician who's who's exactly my age, who I actually grew up with, uh, Justin Willman. He mm-hmm. used to go by Justin Incredible, right? And he was he won College Entertainer of the Year, you know, for th- three years. He he was he does a comedy magic show, okay? And now he hosts Cupcake Wars, and he hosts the Scrabble show, and he does a lot of a lot of TV stuff. I, I don't see a actual juggler, a juggler being a pop icon. I, right. I don't, I don't, I don't see a juggler being as, as trendy as even as even a magician could be, uh, but I do see somebody personality wise who was a juggler being able to breach, and, and go into that, that next level. Because I like, like one just, where
0: juggling would fit, right? I mean, at the like, I saw Justin on a, a the Jay Leno where he got he sat down with Jay. Yeah, he, he involved he was, Jay he was, with a trick. Exactly,
1: and you know, and also magic is a little more interactive. You can make it a little more personal than juggling.
0: You know, you go up, you go up to somebody and juggle in their face. They're gonna ask right. you what, you know, what you're doing in their house, kind of thing. You know, it's hard to add uh, sex appeal. It's hard to add like, uh, like in magic, you can have the production with the the, the oh, it's dancers Yeah,
1: it's and... it's it's hard because it's such a it's such a just looking at it, it's like basically someone's like, why is he doing that? Yeah, you know, like when I do uh, like this year, I'm doing I'm doing 60 colleges this year, wow. and it, and in, in my my contracts and everything, I say that I, I, I will not do a teaser and a teaser is basically they want you to go in the cafeteria go in somewhere and basically promote your show. And I'm just like, "You know what? I'm not doing it anymore because the times that I've done it, you go there and they just they're, you know, trying to eat their popcorn chicken and finish their homework and they're looking at you like, "Why are you juggling in the ca-? and you're just like, "I I'm so you're basically just apologizing the whole time." You know, and they're like, "Come to my show. I promise I'm <laughs> not going to follow you home later." Like it's it's just creepy. You know, so it, it is hard to have that sex appeal, just, just seeing it all of a sudden, you know? So I think personality wise, somebody can, can bridge that gap
0: for sure. So um, basically start with the juggling, uh, get the experience, get your foot in the door and then they, they see you, they see you they go, wow, we like the juggling, but it's your personality. And it doesn't mean if you ever had your own
1: show, or it doesn't mean you could you couldn't do something sure. with it. Doesn't mean you know every once in a while Justin will do a card trick, or or he'll go on Rachel Ray, or he'll do something. Right. You know, um, the, the, there's a lot you can you can do with it. But I don't think someone is going to be the next Daniel Tosh because they're a juggler. Well, look could at uh,
0: Pat Dempsey. The, the yeah, actor.
1: exactly. I mean, yeah, but he he yeah from he crazy was Adam.
0: sort of a juggler, but. He can still break it out. He can still like, his own he, there,
1: there's like, there's like two movies that he's in where he does it. He juggles yeah. four, four plates in one movie. Um, you know, but he
0: obviously put most of his eggs in the, in the acting
1: career, which, which paid off. Yes. You know, he, he wasn't just a, a juggler that all of a sudden just fell into
0: Grey's Anatomy or something. What about you acting know? for Ivan? Is that something you look at? You know,
1: as... at no, it's not. Um, nope. and, and, and one of the main reasons I, I did, so I did some in college, like, cause I was, I was stationed in LA. I was here. I could go to auditions. I could do stuff. Um, it acting itself is not a passion of mine. If someone were to be like, Hey, we have a role in a sitcom for you. Would you want to do it? I'd be like, absolutely. And I, I would do it. Right. But I, 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 I'm not passionate enough about it to my career's pretty booked Like I'm lucky. I'm lucky if I'm home eight to 10 days a month because of my, my travel schedule. So to stay home, to go to an audition or for the right. hopes that something would, be, it, it just wouldn't, wouldn't be worth it. it I mean, came I can't, to
0: you, but you're not going to chase after it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a commercial agent and she'll, she'll try to book me for, you know, sports stuff or anything juggling related, but I can't tell you how many commercials I've gone to a callback for and they want me. And they're just like, Oh, well I'm like, I'm going to be, I have a corporate in Tallahassee the day you're filming. No, I can't change it. Like that's it. The end, you know?
0: So you don't, you don't, Get the you don't know, get the commercial gig. And speaking of the sports angle, you're probably one of the fittest jugglers. I'm also I mean, one of the jugglers who wears the
1: smallest shirts. The I do tight that a lot too. Shirts, the tightest sure,
0: shirts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what um, joke that you shop at the Baby Gap? Is I sh- I sh-
1: they don't make the shirt in a man's size. Yeah. Um, and no, what, fit, is your, fit,
0: what is your what uh, is your workout regime, and how how has that helped or hindered your your juggling?
1: Okay. Well, first off, um, hindering. I don't think it has hindered it at all. Um, and also people go, Oh, like you have big muscles. That must really help with juggling. Like, I don't think it's actually helped it that much either. What really helps, I think for my show anyway, is doing a lot of cardio, a lot of running. Um, I do a lot of like CrossFit type stuff, which really gets your, your heart rate going. Uh, I try to, I try to honestly run three miles every day. And I notice that if I don't do that, uh, my show, I find myself very winded. Um, I also think the physique is very much part of my personality on stage. Right. Um, just kind of how smarmy I am and sarcastic. Um, I just think the way I look really, really fits my character. And if I looked, if I was super skinny or really overweight, the way I am on stage wouldn't, wouldn't play. So it, it's, it's been, a, a, a long kind of, uh, metamorphosis of everything coming together to find that exact and i don't want to call it a character because i really don't feel like i'm going out on stage and being someone else like one of the biggest compliments i get is when i meet people after the show and hang out hang out with them they're like oh man you're like this is exactly how you are on stage like i like that it's kind of like your personality but you just kind of exemplify it a little bit you know um so that's kind of that's kind of how i try to be and i feel that's uh kind of how my
0: uh i think the one thing i found about your character is that at first you were, there was a little bit of an edge the kind of a, sort of not a meanness, but definitely more sort of a frat boy kind of. Absol-
1: absolutely. And also, but also at the same time, I was, you know, 23. Right. I was, I, I was a frat boy, you know, and also I was hanging out with Jason Garfield a lot.
0: Um, right. <laughs> and that I, and that I was. rubbed off, you think? Uh... Well, absolutely. And a, 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 a
1: lot a of nicer
0: rubbed off on me. Uh,
1: Garfield rubbed off on me. He's passing. I mean, you know, the people, when you first start, you emulate the people that you're around. That's. I mean, it's just this human nature, and it mm-hmm. takes a long time to develop your own character and become your own individual and find your own voice, you know? And so uh, I learned to drop the uh, being a dick thing very quickly um, because it wasn't getting the reaction right. that, it, that you would like it to, you know? But also I didn't really like the, – the, I didn't like anything cheesy. Um, I didn't like
0: anything that, that, that looked fake. What do you literally? define as cheesy? So you're saying uh, – is that okay, a is to it, a cheesy –
1: yeah. Okay. So, for instance, this is going to be a total cliche. So,
0: nobody get offended,
1: but illusionists. Okay, guys what? that do illusionists, guys that do like big magic props.
0: Sure. You the know? Point the pointing at the box. Exactly.
1: Out. Come out. Come out and just like you know. And I'm just like, come on. Like, cut the garbage. Like, just just be just be a normal guy or anything that's so over so over the top. Um, basically, if you guys know magic, like any snowstorm routine. That, that they do where they talk about going to an orphanage and all sure. that and it's
0: like oh come on like before my father died
1: yeah just like okay. I, you know I don't want to be like that I, I I really want people to to feel like when I'm performing it's still a show but I feel like I'm hanging out with this guy in my living room like one of my favorite things about my show is that every, every single show and I can say this like, 100% every single one of my show people will yell stuff out and yeah. sometimes people are like oh that's rude it's like, but but And it is sometimes it, but I I like making people feel welcome enough to where they can do that, because that's that's what makes it interesting for me. And then that involves everybody. Are there times where it gets it gets way too intense? Sure, but it it is rare because I've learned to.
0: Can you give us the best heckle line anybody's ever yelled out at you? Can you something come to your mind?
1: Oh, I I get a lot of you know, take off your shirt. I get a lot of that. I get a lot of, um, you know oh, but you fit a lot of balls in your mouth. Like, you know, just, just the, you know, thing, <laughs> right, I mean, right. a lot of standard things. I and mean, then sure. you know, the, 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 what's hardest for me is when you get someone who just, they start yelling out incoherent babble, stuff that you can't even
0: come That's back a, to. A comedy club thing, you think the drinking, uh, or you know, the cruises it, as well, they, they tend no, to No,
1: actually, to be honest, I haven't had that many problems in a comedy club, because also in a comedy club, you can say whatever you want to right, shut right. them up. Okay, there's no, there's no holds barred. On a cruise ship, someone yells out something to you, no matter how vulgar it is, right. which sometimes it has been, there's kids in the audience. You can't so answer in kind. No, exactly. You, you, there's, you can't say what you want, you know. Um, but they'll get so drunk because they've been in the pool all day, and they'll come up and, and – that's the thing when I'm saying. When it's incoherent stuff, do it with a – do it with a fish. What, what, is that, what, what does that even mean? What, right, what right. Do you even – what, you know? And so you, you, you have to learn to just ignore them. And it's almost like a child. If, if they get to a point where you start doing incoherent babble, you have no choice but to just ignore them and act like they're, they're not even saying anything. They're going to step on your lines for maybe four or five minutes, but then they stop, just like a child. You ignore their tantrum. They're going to stop and go downstairs and eat their sandwich,
0: you know? One of my least favorite things is when you get heckled. But you know, not enough people can hear it. Like, only you can hear it.
1: Yeah, 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 If
0: you respond to them, first of all, it just looks like you're being mean to someone for no reason. Right. But uh, it's just well, very annoying.
1: Well, one trick that I've done for that, and I, I know I know when a heckle's going to be funny or not, so I'll, I'll always repeat what they say. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, so it, so if, if they say, you know, can you juggle me? And, like, you're the only person that I hear it. You're like, can I juggle you? And then you have, so they hear, right. they hear what they said. You know, it also gives you time to think of something, too. It gives you an extra beat to come up with something. Good Uh, tip. Yeah. Yeah, I just made that up. I'm going to start doing that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Repeating. Repeating.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This podcast was awesome.
0: Yeah, well, well, hopefully the part of the podcast is uh, to get people's stories, but also to get people's tips and things people can listen to this and actually get something valuable that they can add to their own career that helps them. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think the IJ is doing a good thing in that uh, for a long time, I just felt like they weren't really contributing enough to the educational library. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I always always liked,
1: you know, when you would do a comedy talk or like, I remember the one time that we did the the panel. Yeah. It was like me, you and and I think John Wee and who else was there?
0: I think Rick Rubenstein somehow snuck in. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we needed an IT guy. So Rubinstein was exactly. there. And then, uh, just in case no, if mean, PowerPoint I, I,
0: got stuck, yeah, because, M- Menendez was there too. Menendez, yeah. Yeah. No, that that, one with that was, him. Cool. It was really good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, so I, I, that's the thing. If people really want to do this for a living, I, I still think there's not, because I mean, realistically, how many, how many real professional jugglers are there? I mean, comparatively to other arts, there's, there's not that many. I mean, there's that's way more. The
0: thing people. about the professional jugglers is the top guys, you can go up to them, you can interact with them, you could probably call them at home right and just say hey I, i'm a juggler and they would be like oh okay you can't really call eddie van halen and go hey i'm a guitar player
1: <laughs> no uh, yeah and uh, just to be clear i mean yeah because that's totally cool I, I get it but you're not you're not giving out my home number right
0: no 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 oh, okay. i don't even have your home number right no i know okay so oh, thanks. i had to connect over skype i had to wait yeah to call me <laughs> it's like right like i gotta make, make a protein shake then i'll call you so
1: i actually am i'm drinking your protein shake right now can you hear it but it's good.
0: Yeah, so let's yeah. ask couple, uh, a couple of final questions for you. <laughs> um, so let's say you, you're on a desert island. You can only grab one prop. What's it going to be?
1: Oh, geez. One prop. Um, I mean, one, you
0: know, I mean, not just one ball or one club. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, balls. It'd be balls. balls? I, I've, I've, yeah, I've always, uh, there's always been my my strongest um, prop. Um, do you use
0: the Russian balls?
1: I do. I, I've, used, I've used the Russian balls for. Gosh, since college, so got probably a good fifteen years. I've been using those uh, Vladic, the Vladic balls mm-hmm. uh, specifically. So those
0: are the ones half filled with a, a sand or a... yeah,
1: about about a quarter fill. I, I don't know how many grams or anything. I've been right. using the same ones. I literally, I call him and I go, "Hey, man, send me the." You know, I think I'm the only guy who orders from. Him, to Be honest, I think he just makes them for me and Vladic. Um, and he just, you know, I, I'll probably I'll order twenty every couple of years, and they you know seem to, seem to last me. It's funny now that I don't um, practice as much. Cause I used to do it every day. It's amazing how long, uh, like renegades cl- clubs actually last. <laughs> Guys, yeah. I've, I haven't bought new clubs probably in like four years. And I used to go through probably 15 clubs a year.
0: 15. Are you, know? th- were you doing the Jason Garfield slamming them on the floor? How, how do you, uh, you know,
1: someone should... would, some, someone would break in anger, but I mean, you know, eight, <laughs> eight, eight hours a day practicing.
0: Sometimes and, they just wouldn't learn. They just yeah, wouldn't yeah, learn. You had yeah. To so, a yeah. Bit. Right. Um,
1: you know, no. It's I mean, when you when you're practicing hours a day, they're going to get destroyed. You're going to have handles break. You're going to have knobs right. break. And now it's just funny that like I've had the same ones
0: forever. <laughs> and what's uh, what would you say the most difficult trick you do in your show? Give us kind of a little bit of a rundown of, of some of the props you do in the show. Okay, well, I,
1: I feel one of the things that that uh, differs me from a lot of other jugglers, I or comedy jugglers anyway, I don't do uh, I don't do a unicycle. I don't do a roll a bola. Um, I don't do any of, like, because there's a lot of those standard kind of juggling routines that, like, right. you just assume, oh, a juggler's got a unicycle. Like, I, I, I can't even ride a unicycle. Um, I've never done any of that. I don't do devil stick. I don't do Diablo. Uh, and, and not not by choice. I think devil stick is one of the coolest props in the world. And I remember doing the uh, uh, Australia juggling convention. They had me over there to headline it a couple years ago. Um, it was more than a couple years ago. It was like, six or seven years ago. And uh, tempe. Was there? Yeah. And he all he did was a, a Diablo and a Devil Stick act. And after his watching his Devil Stick act, I was just like that. That, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna learn that. And Of course, I owned a Devil Stick, and so I went home and tried it for a week. And was like, yeah, I'm not gonna learn that.
0: Well, and plus it, there's Devil Stick acts, and then there's Devil Stick acts. I mean, he's well, uh, exactly.
1: And so I, I did. I didn't need. Yeah, exactly. I didn't yeah. need the time in my show to where like here's a here's a half-assed two-minute routine. I just didn't. Not
0: inherently funny either. The Devil Stick. It's a hard one to really.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that that's the kind of way that, that I look at it. I mean, I wasn't looking at it for a from a comedy aspect. I was like, do I want a two minute flash devil stick routine? Not really. Right. You know, and, and it's it's hard. <laughs> you know, and I was like, ah, ah, I don't like it that much. Um, but I do uh, so the musical routine so my show, let's say I do an, an hour and a half show, uh my musical routines, I do a ball routine to music, like a ball juggling routine mm-hmm. to music, uh three, four, five, seven balls. I do a cigar box routine to music. I do a ball-bouncing routine to music, tennis ball routine to music.
0: Tennis ball and a can, you're saying?
1: Tennis ball and can, yeah, tennis ball and can routine to music, and a glow-in-the-dark routine to music. So that, that's, five, that's five routines to music um, in, in the whole show, and that totals maybe 18 minutes. Mm. So
0: right. an hour. The, are the comedy bits.
1: The rest of it's comedy. And I, I, I do, don't get me wrong, I, I use a lot of music in my show, but it's it's accent music,
0: right? So Bumpers. I, and... I,
1: I do I do my whole club routine where I'm talking, and then the final trick where I kick the club over my head. That's a uh, you know a 15 second track, you know um, <clears throat> that 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 kind of thing. And and what do we know
0: about that trick? What, what's, what's because that's a very interesting trick that's become very popular. Is the the kickback over the? Oh, yeah, head.
1: yeah. It, it's well, you know, it, it's it's one of those tricks where, unfortunately, I mean, I'd like to say, oh, it's the hardest trick in the world, but with a club, it's it's not that hard, and
0: let's <laughs> like, so explain so, so you're balancing on your head you bounce it the drops club on your back head. behind you
1: yeah you bounce yeah, you drop it back behind yourself you basically with the uh right under like uh, it's not your heel i guess the ball of your foot right mm-hmm. under your toes flatter you, your foot yeah the flatter foot you you kick it back up over your head um and you you continue juggling right um and it looks it looks great because it's like you know it's weird kicking a club and being accurate with it um, but the trick itself, once you learn it, it's really not that hard. It was, it was hard to learn, right? but once you get it, I mean, my success rate, I, I, I would, I, one of the future, I said you gave me a hundred tries, I would get it a hundred tries in a row.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's, it, there's, there's, I mean, if I do miss it, it's, I mean, a complete fluke. Right. It, it's, it's almost like, uh, like, like head roll, for instance, I, I usually open my show with a, a talking routine where I'm doing, you know, head roll, rolling the ball around your head mm-hmm. and to, to learn. I still think other than bouncing a ball in your head while juggling, I think it's one of the hardest things I learned how to do um, in juggling out of everything right. I can do. But now I could do it in my sleep.
0: Well, those you are know? good tricks because some tricks that I've done, no matter how much I practice them, I never really feel like you can perfect them. Sort of like the juggling the two balls on the face of the golf club. It just seems yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like I could to a, a certain of- level of goodness. right? And no matter how much practice I, I could put into it, it's never really going to get much it's not past gonna click, that. Not gonna
1: click for, you know what was like that was was three ping pong balls for me.
0: Right. I can I can do two two ping ball, two ping pong balls all
1: day long. I can do I can do five like use it, using your hands, mm-hmm. but doing three with just your mouth. I mean, I I worked truthfully for a, a solid year on it and I, I just I couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it.
0: You know what impresses me about your show and this is something I'm struggling with now mm-hmm. is that the the finale, the fact that you can end with like a, a ring routine and it seems like the crowd, the crowd goes crazy for it.
1: Well, here, here's what I started doing. So, I, all my life, I would do a a ring routine to music. Okay, three, four, five, six, and seven rings to a, a ring routine to music. That, that's what I did for probably five or six years. I started doing ending my five ring routine with the ring kick, mm-hmm. and that would get with the ring kick, basically juggle five, throw it back over your head, you kick a ring back up, and then you continue and pull them all down around your neck, and that would get as far as the juggling goes, that would get the, the biggest reaction in my show. That would get the biggest like, whoa! And right. sometimes after I did that trick, I, a couple people would stand up in the audience. They just, they, they, I was like just the, the coolest thing. And so one time I was talking, I was talking to a magician named Drew Thomas and I was doing uh, a, like a, tw- a 20 minute spot on a cruise ship. And he goes, why don't you try ending with just that trick? And I'm like, what, what do you mean ending with just that? And he goes, hey, try, just just try ending with just, just that trick. Like just do the five and kick it and, and, see what happens and I was like all right yeah why not tried it and I did it and standing ovation and it was like wow and so like that I ditched my entire I I do not do a ring routine anymore to music I I I literally the only thing I do with rings is I do I do the kick with five rings and of course I I build it up you know I mean I I I don't I don't lie too much and that is a trick where I do get 19 out of 20 times I mean very rarely do I miss it in, in a show but if I do miss something it's it's usually that um,
0: and we do the trick with the club earlier in the show and then st- sort of bring it back for the rings or? I do
1: yeah I, 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 I do the, but it, it, it's kind of a different trick and it's so it's so much later in the show that right. it's like oh yeah you know and I also do a callback I, I do a kid juggle where I juggle a kid I have a joke about kicking the kid over my head so it's, it's kind of a, a little running theme but I, I don't say what I'm going to do. I just say, this is, you know, final trick, whatever. I, 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 I juggle four, pull the ring off my head. So they think, they think that's the trick they're Oh, and then that gets it. So I'm juggling five rings. And then depending on how I feel, I'll do a pirouette and then they go, Oh, and then right after that, I'll do right the rink. And then they just, they just seem to just go. And then when you do the pull down, you do the two and then throw the pancake and two more in pirouette and catch up in your neck and flip them off and just stand. They just, they, yeah, they don't really have a choice.
0: You know? <laughs> I like that. They don't have a choice. <laughs> they don't have a choice. They do. They, they hate America. Flags come down. <laughs>
1: you know, I make, I make veterans. So, so that's stand your up.
0: American flag.
1: That's, that's my Mar- that, My ring kick is my American flag because I'm a communist.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. We won't end on that note, but. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, actually, let's edit that. This isn't live, right? No. All right, good. We're good. Well, we don't do much editing. <laughs> we pretty much oh, okay. run it as it goes. Yeah. And one last question or maybe a couple last questions, but cause we'll try to, we'll try to break it down here in the next couple of minutes. Sure what do you think the odds of me getting Anthony Gatto on the podcast are? Because <laughs> um, I tried calling him he he wasn't getting yeah. back to me. yeah, he
1: uh he changed his phone number. I'll tell you I'll tell you that okay. um, probably zero.
0: Yeah. Because I know yeah. you guys were friends I, I've been good friends with Anthony, and uh, yeah, there have and- been guys in the past who've just said, well, I'm sort of done with juggling, and that means sort of being done with jugglers as well.
1: I mean, I, I don't, you know, Anthony had like him and I have always been like, like really good friends. I mean, like our families went camping together and stuff like he is a good buddy. So I I, mean, I don't want to say too, too much no, about
0: No, no I, I'm not asking you to speak for him. I'm just, you know, he's just put someone I'd really like to have on the podcast.
1: Yeah. I mean, all I can say is that from, from the day that I met him, which is like when I moved to Vegas, uh, he was done with juggling then. Right. Like he's been, he's been in his heart in his, you know, of course he loved it and he had a passion for it and everything, but he was just like, I want to do, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, he's been doing it since he was right. six years old. You know, he just, it didn't, didn't have the, the drive to continue doing it, which, you know, we had a lot of talks about that. And I was, he, you know, I remember, I will say this, I remember one time we were drinking beer at his house and he was just like, I mean, these guys are telling me that I should, I should film these videos and do stuff. I mean, like, I don't feel like I I owe this to anybody. I I mean, what do you think? And I was like, honestly, uh, yeah, I do. I I do think you owe it to everybody. Like you, you are the the best that's ever lived. You are the best that probably there ever will be for a long, long time. Uh, yeah. it kind of is your duty to, to document what the human body can do and what like you know, what you're capable of. Like I, I do. Like I'm not saying go do every trick in the book, but I mean if you think you can really do nine balls for four minutes, like damn it, you should film yourself doing that. And have just have a record that like I mean what if Mozart was just like, ah, you know what, I when he was twenty, I forget it. Yeah, I quit.
0: Well I yeah. agree. I think that that in my opinion, uh, and I'm usually right. <laughs> that, uh, you're
1: always you're always right.
0: Uh, well well I'll, I'll leave a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah. I, I think he's the greatest technical juggler who's ever lived.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody could argue that. I
0: mean... Well, was, uh, people have argued, uh, but they've ar- they've been wrong. Well, exactly. Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. Right. He but could argue, he argue anything. Sure. I'll sure. yeah, well, ask
0: you then. I don't want to... Like I say, I don't want to have you speak for him. He's just a guy who I really admire, and if he ever were to hear this, I would certainly uh, love for him to, to come and do the podcast, of course. Yeah. Who, who would you want to hear? Let's have a couple of, of people who you think would be interesting and...
1: Who would I want to hear? Sure. sure. Oh, wow. Um let's see uh jugglers
0: well it could be it could be people who you think would be of benefit to jugglers as well if you think there's a a, someone in show business who who
1: yeah um see juggling wise i'm trying to trying to think i mean you know i always like all the the comedy stuff
0: um for me personally i'm trying to get the passing zone i think is yeah like
1: i I mean they they would totally do it i I mean they're always they're always good for uh good for a laugh and and uh I mean, it, it's hard because the past, I, the past years, I mean, I haven't worked with any other jugglers. Everybody I've worked with has been, right. you know, I just, I just worked with uh, chipper Lowell, uh, for the first time. If you guys haven't, um, I, I've
0: seen, seen her, a little bit of chipper he's, Lowell. He's a he's, comedy magician. Seems really good.
1: He's, he's fantastic. And I, I've, I've been Facebook friends. Then we, we over, I was doing a show at a casino in, in Lake Tahoe probably eight years ago. Um, and we overlapped one day I was taking over for him when his, when his run was done. And, uh, He's one of those guys that he always killed, and when if there was twelve people in the audience, the other acts would come off and be like, oh, like yeah, there's oh, twelve right. people." Like, oh, no, I thought they were great, you know. And he he's just, he just he's that guy. And so I just worked with them. I just got off a, a cruise ship in Alaska uh, yesterday, and I, I was with him for the entire run that I was there. And so like he did his own show, I did my own show, and then him and I split a show. And uh, no, he, he he's great, knowledgeable uh, from a circus family, and he juggles. He used to juggle a lot in his show.
0: Yeah, I've known, I know. I know him years ago, and he just became a Facebook friend. So I, I'll reach out to him because he, he'd, uh, he,
1: he'd be great. He, I mean, he's got he's got a lot of stories. Um, his dad was a very successful agent um, in later years, and I mean, he literally grew up in circuses on the road. Like it's a very very unique uh, unique upbringing.
0: Well, you know this this I this is sponsored by the IGA. So for for most of it, I'll be talking to jugglers, but perhaps if sure, I expand yeah. like, into into a podcast of my own for, for uh, showbiz types.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see juggling wise. I'm trying to thank Like, you know, passing down. It it's, it's hard because I mean, if you want to talk career and talk everything else, I mean, you, it's hard to talk to somebody who's been doing it for a year, you know? Right. Um, so it seems like you're going to get more or less veteran type guys. But if you want to go as far as, you know, practice technique or theory, I mean, then maybe you can be
0: looking at talking to, I'm sure everyone listened to your Wes Peden interview. You know, I put out a, a a Facebook post to Wes. Have not heard back. I also tried Jay Gilligan. Of course, I think is a very yeah. interesting character.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and the guy, uh, the guys,
1: the guy's done a TED talk. It's pre, it's pretty amazing for a juggler.
0: Yeah, you know, some, for there, anybody. There have been for anybody, about anybody. TED talks. I've I've yeah. heard about those.
1: Yeah, have you, have you? Have you heard about those?
0: I have. <laughs> <laughs> he did one TED Talk. I think the Raspinians have done six TED Talks.
1: Oh, have they? Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, you <laughs> know what? I'll, I'll probably talk to <laughs> Barry
0: at some point. You're,
1: you're, wearing, you're wearing a TED t-shirt right now, aren't I I you?
0: I am. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at this. I got this microphone in one of my TED gift bags. That's so, nice. <laughs> but uh, I was very disappointed with the last TED gift bag. So if you do TED, don't expect those good gift bags anymore. They do iPhones anymore. They gave you Galaxies. It's cheap well uh, back in the day they gave us a quite a good one this last one was shampoo samples and a water bottle I'm not <laughs> right. sure not sure what the budget has happened to the, the ted talks but um, right <laughs> it's uh it's gone downhill a little bit well, i'll probably yeah. talk to barry i think that would be interesting to sort of a little raspini yeah uh,
1: i think broncar would be good to talk to yeah
0: broncar lee another guy yeah. uh Just i think ahead. he's another guy who's got that potential to really yeah. sort of cuz i always think There's, of i think of activities like bodybuilding you had arnold schwarzenegger or, or martial arts you had bruce lee mm-hmm. maybe in uh in radio you had howard stern stuntman evil exactly. Knievel. sure uh we're still waiting for that one guy and i think uh if anybody can do it uh, it might be ivan Passell. okay i'm going to say it would be ivan Passell. ah <laughs> uh, well,
1: that 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 mean that means a lot i, I uh, would like nothing more than to uh have that happen, you know. I'm. Uh, I mean, we've talked a little bit, but I, yeah. know, I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying to branch out into the other, the other uh, realms and, and see what I can make out of this crazy business that we call
0: show. You know. Well, thanks so much for talking on the Drop Everything podcast. A uh, real pleasure, and of course, we'll continue our conversations that are a little more scandalous when we just talk the two of us. Nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, a, absolutely. <laughs> a
1: couple dudes hanging out. A couple out, dudes clothes. hanging out. Whatever.
0: I mean, huh? The language gets <laughs> a little saltier.
1: But bit. <laughs> I think this was
0: a, a good one for family consumption. I thank you so much, Ivan Passell.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. All right.
0: I hope you enjoyed podcast number five of Drop Everything with Ivan Passell. After we stopped recording, we both remembered another juggler who we'd want to talk to in a future podcast, a good friend of both of ours, Matt Hall. So we give a shout out to Matt Hall, not forgotten Matt Hall, and hopefully you'll be on the podcast soon. Thanks again to our sponsors, IJA, the International Juggling Association. You can find them at juggle.org. Become a member today and reach new heights with your juggling. Also, braindrizzles.com. For career and comedy advice, for mentorship concerning the world of juggling, professional juggling, and comedy, check out braindrizzles.com. Until next time, drop everything except when you're juggling. This is Dan Holtzman saying goodbye. Thanks again, of course, to my lovely engineer, Karen Holzman.